0: Bam! What is happening, party people, and welcome to another edition of Talking During Movies, the podcast where we take key moments and quotes from a film to drive a two-hour conversation. And today's guest is amazing, but before we get to that, I was really inspired uh, by the great Sam Tripoli Tinfoil Hat Podcast and my dear friend Vanessa Marcille. Uh, You know, they've both, Sam went out and he saw what's going on with the pandemic and how it's hurting small businesses. And he just put a call out and said, hey, uh, any small business out there, reach out to me. Let me know what's going on, folks. And uh, I'll do a read of your business and just give you a free ad. And then Vanessa Marcel, she put a thing out on social. She's like, oh, your kid didn't get a graduate. Hey, man, share their story with me. I'm going to celebrate them. I'm going to do something for them. And that was a great inspiration. So I reached out to some friends. We made some posts uh, out there. If you're a business out there and you want to shout out on this podcast for free, I would be happy to help you in any way that I can, knowing that the listeners, if they're in that area, they're going to go support you. So reach out, podcast at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com. So the first company, Trapero Coffee, and they are online at www.chaparralcoffee.com they are in Lockhart you can find them on Instagram at chaparral.lkrt and you know they started off as a coffee shop And then uh, they had to make a transition. I mean, this pandemic has had a lot of people pivoting, and I'm proud of their story, of their pivot, of going from a coffee shop to now being like a country store. So if you're in the Lockhart area, or if there is a way that they can ship you some of their amazing coffee, or anything else that they have, maybe some of their honey, um, anything that they've got, right, as they're they're transitioning, reach out to them, folks, Uh, support them if you can. Uh, You know, if you're in the Lockhart area, please go visit them uh, in the most safe ways possible, whether that's online or through social channels. Uh, But, yeah, place that order, get something from them. Number two is the ADJ. You know, there's uh, when people are unemployed, it is sometimes it feels like you're alone on an island and you don't know what to do. And you're just you're throwing that email out, you're throwing that application out into the, in the worldwide web of who knows who's going to see it. Is it going to be AI? Is it going to be a person? Do they like me? Is it my name? What's going on? Do I have too much experience? Not enough experience? that ask for too much money? Not enough money? And, and you just, you feel lost. And Austin Digital Jobs, a, a group that uh, my friend Lonnie created, um, it not only allows employers to come find job seekers but it gives a community for job seekers for people that have found jobs to come back and and inspire and encourage and for those to get together and and really uh, iron sharpens iron you know it's a group where you can go hey can you just look at my resume am I doing something wrong here or am I not applying or am I not networking the right way whatever it may be that group uh, they really they help people out so much absolutely so much so please check them out. Uh, They've got a beautiful Facebook community. It is a private community, so you have to ask Lonnie to to get in. But if you're a business and you're in Austin, Texas, and you're hiring, you need to reach out to her. They're doing virtual job fairs. They're doing everything. So reach out to her. Reach out to ADJ on Facebook, Austin Digital Jobs. Reach out to me. I will connect you. All right, folks. With that said, my friend, we first talked on the technology side of things uh, during the when the pandemic first started closing stuff down at South by Southwest. We, uh, you know, we chat probably once a week. You know, I like I like to bug him, poor Shah. You know, this guy he does an interview with me and he's like, okay, yeah, well, we'll hang out. I'm like, no, no, we're friends now, so we're friends. I've got a cell phone number. He's got to change that, or we're just going to stay friends. That's just how that works, Shaw. But he's a great guy. We wanted to talk about uh, the born identity and just. It's just fun to talk with him. You know, we just, we have these different perspectives. And one of the things that I said is on paper, if you put us side by side, I don't know that you would see us hanging out, but let me tell you, we're friends. He's an amazing person. I love him to death. Uh, His manager, Elizabeth, she's absolutely amazing. So uh, with all that said, folks, enjoy our conversation. We talk over the Born identity. We have so much fun. Uh, You can follow Shaw. At Day of Shaw on all the social channels. So go follow him, check him out, check out his music. We did a closing on this one where I put a clip from his song. Just uh, just text me. So there it is. Signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours. Party people, enjoy this podcast. Thank you so much for supporting the the businesses that I mentioned, and thank you for supporting Shaw and Shaw. Thanks for your time. Love you.
1: Their movies, talk it, talk it, talk in their movies, talk it, talk it, talk in their movies, talk it, talk it, talk in their movies, the tell me shut up, I do it all
2: do do do
0: From the ATL and the ATX. So, uh, how are you my friend?
3: I'm living. I'm I'm living. I'm I had to transition. I mean, you caught me in the right at the beginning of like the transition week and since and then came back to atlanta and then just had to jump head first into online
0: which you've become an online mogul i mean i'm watching you on instagram i'm following stuff you are doing it seems like a show or something different every night
3: i had to i had to I, and for a long time i don't want to say that i delayed jumping in online. But what I can say is my success came from the conventional music industry way of like being in the streets, being in the clubs, DJs playing my music, which just, I guess in one way, gave me the luxury of not needing to be online. But the result of that is that I did not be online and I didn't dominate online. So all of the online sort of mediums that are, the key places for an artist to be, I just didn't dominate there. So the upside of this thing, I think we were speaking when we met in person that one of my strengths is the ability to find a positive takeaway in anything that happens. So in this thing, it was, it was like, all right, well, this will be the pivot to being online. So yeah, so just creating a lot of content, partnered with Northern Touch Music Festival for some... Educational content for other artists and other entrepreneurs who are trying to make it happen on their own. It's like, all right, well, let me use my experience and knowledge for good, and then just from there, that's just expanding out into whole, into all sorts of other projects. So yeah, a lot, a lot's been going on, but I guess you could say long overdue.
0: Hey man, but I love it. I love the transition and the, the agility and ability to, um, to adapt and it shows a lot in the movie we're going to talk over here. But
1: ah, I think great.
0: You know, one thing I wanted to get your take on real quick, it was a hot button and I, 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 uh, a lot of friends have been commenting on this. So Trolls made $100 million on downloads uh, going direct to homes and Universal was like, hey man, well this is pretty cool. I didn't realize we could engage people this much. We understand the circumstances, but wow, we made a hundred million dollars in three days. Sure. With this going here. And AMC comes out and says, We're never showing a Universal film again.
3: I, I don't I don't understand. So, what, AMC, so AMC, has, AMC,
0: AMC is the movie theater
3: chain. And they're like if you go to homes, got it. We're not showing you anymore. We're out. Because and, because Universal did trolls direct to home. Yep. Then the A.M. okay, got it. And and they did that just in light of like, they just made that decision because of this pandemic? Yeah. Okay, got it. So AMC would've would've wanted Universal to delay the start of it or whatever it is so that it could still be shown in theaters. Okay, I I got it.
0: And all I'm thinking is, that's pretty short-sighted. I mean, movies, entertainment, engagement how we do things are going to uh they're going to change and if you think about what's a way to get a bunch of people together but still be six feet apart well the drive-in was a great one back in the day right uh creating modes and mobility to share content and information you know um being able to uh create the the movie theater experience at home you know there are so many different ways, you know, taking the movie theater experience to people that don't get good Internet like, hey, AMC, why wouldn't you have a drive in and take it to a podunk area where their Internet's horrible. And now all these people can can watch it be together while being six feet apart. There's so many answers besides $15 popcorn and dope base. Right. There's just there's so many more (laughs) answers and theirs is theirs seems to be what the music industry taught us before music went digital Uh is I'm going to take my ball and go home. I mean, this would be like if a radio station here in Austin heard you were playing at ACL Live and said, you know what, if you're going to play a live concert, then we're not we're not letting you play on our radio anymore
3: exactly exactly yeah i mean you 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 summed it up there's not there's not much of a debate there i don't know who could justify that move by amc i mean i just saw something about amc's credit rating took a hit i didn't even know that you know a corporation like that uh still was dealing with credit ratings but i mean it says something about the leadership and yeah like like i i hadn't thought you just said it was like it shows your agility and ability I'm, i'm constantly being praised for my ability and you know that sort of thing. But agility, you're right in that being able to transition quickly, it's agile. And this shows a lack of agility from AMC. And then it's like, I guess there, there are realms where you can gangster your way to success. I'm like, all right, you don't want to do this? All right, you're dead, even if it's just a threat. I don't know if um, film is like music in that, where there's three major labels. Um, Warner, Universal, and Sony, and then I mean, those are the three major. And then after that, it's all independent. Um, I don't know if movies are like that, but if it's anything like that, even if there's ten major movie, um, you know, uh, studios, then and you're telling one of them you can never show in our theater, it's just it's just bad business. And and that doesn't seem like the type of world where like entertainment is more gangster than say, you know healthcare or you know like like most mainstream businesses but it's still like that that, that just seems short-sighted and poor leadership you know like and, and that's just something that you put out there so
0: <laughs> and you knows? put it out there when everyone else is suffering during a during a pandemic exactly and exactly. they got a movie instead of me and my kid and my wife going and seeing the movie and it cost me a hundred bucks it cost me three dollars and 99 cents right so i saved 96 dollars and a penny and you're gonna come out and be like no dog. No. sorry yeah i'm done with them
1: forever i'm done with no, them forever i'm done with
0: you because you supported it i'm done with them i was like hey man like no one's going to work this is ew, man all right so let's get into this. so I'm, I'm starting about 30 seconds in here we've got that beautiful scene so this is a movie and, and i love that you brought this up um because one we haven't done any of these a but b when we were first hanging out in Austin, we were driving around and you brought up how much you liked the Born series.
3: Changed my life.
0: Changed your life. Talk to me. Tell me, tell us, tell everyone how it changed your life here.
3: Changed my life because before Born, you, I, I was, I understood there to be two options in life, like fight or flight, right? Mm-hmm. This is, this is, it's not even um, conscious options, it's just, you know at a physiological level but it's it's um fight and confront the issue or run and hope that your speed is greater and um the run option is for me it's n- never one that's been appealing because assuming it's authority that you're running from it's like well they're well equipped to catch to catch you right so like a police chase like i'm always until i know what the criminal has actually done just you know inherently i'm rooting for the guy to get away right now if he's he's a rapist or he's blowing shit up or he's you know murdering innocent people then fuck that like go get him but but you know just inherently it's like yo i hope this guy wins but i never think that he will because it's like that So, so the point being, the flight has never been the option for me. What well, Bourne taught me is the option of, of hiding, the option of being covert. And now that's not only to get away, or it's not only if, like, there's a bigger predator, but now also, like, on the offense, it's, like, getting into places. So it's not just kick down the door or be sort of, you know, walked in, like, legitimately, but there's also... You know, covertly figure out your way in, smoothly get your way in it. So it really changed my like just the way that I saw everything. It's like even even as as concrete down to like if you really need to, you can drive a car downstairs, and it's just not something that I think people's brains have in their head. If if there's you know if there's a need, if it's life and death. If there's a, a a tsunami coming, or or you know your life's in danger running driving downstairs it'll at least get you down the stairs if the car's done now well you know yeah so so that's how it changed my life and that's how, that's how it changed my my, my whole existence and the way that i look at the world
0: i think that's a fascinating take on it because you know you are correct and especially for uh you know entrepreneurs artists people who are you're constantly flipping the script But in a world, and, you know, we can go to AMC, we can go to music in general, you know, music likes the flips, the the script flipped when they control it, when the big industry goes, hey, we're going to move from records to tapes, from tapes to CDs, we're controlling this. And then the jump to digital wasn't largely pushed by a label, it was pushed by artists and pushed by people and how they wanted to absorb music, and you saw the difference, you saw this finite difference in approach and in what they did because they embraced the tape, they embraced CDs, they dug their heels in on digital. And there was by artists and by people that wanted digital to live for a multitude of reasons, the beautiful part was that they were, they didn't kick the door down, they were subverted. They're like, here, go over here. Oh, you can find that over here. Right. you can, no longer am I downloading or getting handed a CD on the street. I'm given a QR code that I just scan, and boom, I've got the music. Right. It is. It is an art of not just self defense, but a true art in um, in self awareness and in the awareness of what's around you. I mean, the other exactly. thing is is right. Born is aware of everything that's going on around him, right. so that he knows what to do
3: exactly yeah and then and then even beyond the the music industry just sort of for creatives and then for entrepreneurs for anyone who's doing it themselves i think a lot of entrepreneurs might feel like born and that like we have a special power anyone who's doing it on like on your own in order like if you believe in yourself and you believe that you have a greater strength than average you you believe that you're you you have a special ability. I know, I'm sure it's the same with you. And now with Born, you can see this very logical because he's trained with all these languages. He has the physical assets of passports and money and all this shit, right? So that, that, that that's, makes it a bit more tangible for Born, but we all feel that we have this inside of us, which is all that you need is that self belief. Um, but it goes beyond music because it can be in figuring out any. Sort of situation. Sometimes it's like, sometimes it's as simple as like, all right, like getting into a building. I need to be in this building for this reason that could change my life and shit's closed or this is how access works, right? And then it can go much broader in terms of like, all right, I'm gonna, like, you know, like the concept of Uber, right? All, right, well, all of these cars sitting here are doing nothing and people need money. And so we can operate this system without any investment in capital and just skim off of all their work and and create a whole new industry so so just that ability to think like outside the box sounds kind of cliche but it's it's, but it's really inside if if you're looking at the world as the box it's inside the box but it's like a a a new path right so
0: it is it's a a new way of navigation i mean uh look at what you've done with, uh, with, with Bitcoin and crypto, right? A new way of navigation and understanding it. And I think the other e- extremely important part of this is being prepared so you can navigate for what you don't know what's coming, right? So yes,
1: he, right, right, right.
0: He lands I'm, in an area and he's like, all right, at this level, I can, you know, I can do this many pull-ups, I can run this fast at my top speed uh, for this many miles. Because I'm trained, I know now that doesn't mean he knows he's going to be dropped in a desert or in a mountaintop, but it does mean that he's prepared, and I think that's that's the crucial element that people miss across the board is they want to go do something, but boy, that you know we talked about this in our last conversation, right? man, everyone sees everyone at the top of the mountain or almost at the top or they're growing, and the ball's getting easier to push up. No one wants the prepared part though, no one wants to ride their bike. They want to ride their bike on a sunny day on the beach cruiser, but you don't want to get on the mountain bike and do 20 miles when the wind's blowing 15 miles an hour and it seems like against you no matter where you turn. No one wants that part of it because that's not fun.
3: That's not fun. That part of the story's not sexy. There is value in making the appearance seem effortless. So yeah, so for many reasons, that part is not seen or that part's not presented. It's also that yeah just the lack of sexiness just makes it less consume consumable as content so you know all the hard like people are hardwired to look for a shortcut but you're right like with me and bitcoin specifically it can be that that preparedness or or knowing knowing where you're not going to know anymore can manifest in a way as simple as what I did with bitcoin which was so for me, the opportunity came super early, so I'm very, you know, blessed that that happened. But I was very skeptical because I'm not like I, I wasn't in the world, um, I wasn't in anything like technology at all at that time. But the opportunity came up, and my guy who sort of came came to me with the opportunity was like, "All right, well, this guy wants to, this guy wants some music, like a, this guy wants you to write some songs for him under the table." Um, and it's like, okay, sure, let's do it. How do you want to get paid? Um, well, he says he can you know, in dollars or Bitcoin. This was at a time when uh, they were about equal. And it's like, well, I mean, so my gut is like, just take the short thing. But I just, for whatever reason, asked because this friend wouldn't have given me the option if he knew that one of them was trash. So I'm like, all right, well, what's this other thing? What's the, what's the not dollars? He's like, well, here it works. And like, you know, and he explained it in a very, um, organic way he, he explained the organic nature of the cryptocurrency in the Bitcoin community in that they're not looking at, at this as stocks they're like the, the actual community um, is looking at this as a new model of currency that's more efficient and doesn't allow for and, and more transparent so people are in this for the long haul and I'm like okay so this isn't a cash out type of thing but I don't know where this is going and especially since this is an online currency, I don't trust this. So I'm, so I'm like, what are the options? He's like, well, there's this thing called cold storage. You can take your Bitcoin, like, as soon as we're done, you can take your Bitcoin. It'll go onto, like, sort of like a USB thing. And now it's offline. So, and I'm still like, well, I don't know how secure that actually is, but I feel better about it. So now, so, and, and I also don't feel like just wait for it to go up and sell. Because if this does have some upside to it, then I want to do right by the community, or I want to do it in the way that the community engages. So here's my option, cold storage. And then I can turn my brain off on the worrying about, hey, what happened to that money, you know? Mm -hmm. So even just knowing the point, all right, well, let's explore a little bit, and sure, let's do business in Bitcoin. But, you know, here's my set of beliefs. I'm pretty skeptical or pretty, yeah, pretty skeptical about, any sort of security online. So here's what I can do to protect myself. And then, you know, having that awareness, like, again, that's not sexy, that part of the story. Like, oh, I think a lot of people know that like, all right, Shaw's the rapper that like, he, he's doing something with crypto, he, he's he got some Bitcoin, but no one knows this part of the story just because it's not sexy, you know?
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And you touched on that when you, when you started this, uh, which was very interesting, uh, the idea that the hard work part, the drive has is, is stopped becoming sexy, right? It's, you know, uh, what what made Rocky great was we got to see Rocky go through all that pain, all that work, all that failure, right? All those times where he's just, I don't want to get up. I don't want to do this. I mean, David Goggins, he is one of those guys where he's he'll tell you, I spent 30 minutes this morning yelling at my shoes. You got to run. Who's there. that? David Who's Goggins. That? David Goggins, former Navy SEAL. Okay uh he um he does these ultra marathons runs like 220 miles in a stretch uh but he was like he was like 350 pound guy at 18 cleaning air ducts doing other stuff and wanted to become a navy seal okay and he wrote this book he's been part of two books he wrote one book and he was part of another book i guess the uh the man who is married to the founder of spanks for ladies okay got it. A, got he did a book called living with the navy seal four months with a navy seal or no, a month with a Navy SEAL. So every day, Goggins would just wake him up and be like, all right, bitch, let's go. You're going to run five miles. He's like, I've never run five miles in my life because you're doing it now. Four in the morning, get up, let's go. And it was this constant push. And now he's like this very motivational guy. He's got a book out. He's been on Rogan a couple times. But you listen to him. And he talks about the pain. Like, that's what he, that's what he relishes in. He relishes in the work and the pain, not the achievement. You never see him at the end of the finish line.
1: Yeah.
0: No, 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 no. He's, you see him at the beginning yelling at his shoes. Run, motherfucker. I don't want to run. My feet hurt. My back hurts. My neck hurts. I want to sleep. Get the fuck up now. You've got to got to work, motherfucker. And he's just like, and then you see him on the road and he's, like, he's jogging. And uh, this guy pulls up next to him. He's like, hey, man, it's 120 degrees in Vegas. Why are you running? He goes, because you're not. And that was it. And the guy's like, well, yeah, okay, I'm out. But he is so invested in the work part of it. And, I, and I'm inspired by it because yeah. there is no story if there's no start. Yeah. And I want to know, I guess I'm asking all this because I wanna, I'm trying to figure out where do we get away from celebrating the hard work part,
3: um, I don't know. Well, I guess the the best theory I've heard on why we got away from that, or or the best theory on, on short attention span. So to me, that comes down to like short attention span. So we just want to see the the like the before and after of, of the the ugly girl, the girl with makeup, the you know the three hundred fifty pound. Uh, Guy before working out and now the chisel, we just we just want to see that moment. Um, and the best explanation for why attention spans are so short now that I you know have come across is that there's so much content. Like anyone can create content, we're not limited to TV and radio and newspapers. So now you're bombarded with content. So now you can just pick and choose whatever it is you want to see. You're not limited to thirty channels or the radio or whatever. You know you're, you can see whatever whatever it is. You just type it into Google, and you can always see whatever it is you want. You don't even you don't even need to actively type it into Google. It can, you can just scroll, and something will just come your way. So for that reason, because of the the ample access to being instantly gratified. Now our brains have just, you know, accepted that as the the standard instant gratification. So that's the best explanation why, and it's, it's a tough one because I don't know what will counteract that. Like for a lot of things in music where there's like waves where, you know, like, all right, quality's up, which is good for an artist like me, like who makes quality music. Right now, you know, quality's the value of quality is low, and you know being able to grab attention has a super high value. So if you're like so sort the of face tattoos, rainbow color hair, starting fights, being dramatic, that sort of shit is, is very high value. So things like that happened before, like th- those sort of like dynamics happened before where it's like, all right, something that's good for you as this type of artist, it'll change. So you just play your position. And do what is really you, and the world will come around to you. But this one, I don't see it changing now. I, know I this one is tough to see. What's it going to take for for the like for the masses to come back to quality? I don't know. It, it, so the you know it's a tough one.
0: It's it's tough, uh, you know. And I think of the the danger is curbing information. Like uh, you know, I've seen what's what's happening, uh, whether it's shadow banning or, you know, outright removing content off of YouTube or Facebook. Um, I think the danger is, is removing the information. Uh, I think good information and smart people and patience everything rises to the top. But, uh, to your point, waiting for it to rise to the top so much more bullshit gets added on that. It seems difficult. Uh, but quality always, quality always comes back. Uh, it just does. And we've seen that in music, we've seen that in art, uh, we've seen that in history. I think the the problem that we have is that we keep repeating the same mistakes and that just happens in a shorter life cycle each
1: time.
3: Uh, I hope you're right. I hope so. I hope you're right because you're right in that historically, quali- like, you know, there are waves, especially like in, in the creative world, there's waves of, of, of everything that's valued will no longer be valued, but then those characteristics and some other manifestation will come back. But this one, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough to see. But I hope you're right.
0: Yeah, it's tough to see, but I, I think we will. Um, you know what? What happens a lot, right? Is you get flashes, flashes in the pan, and you get consistency. And greatness is is measured on consistency. I mean, mm-hmm. You know, Joe Montana, Tom Brady great quarterbacks because consistently they won more than they lost. Um, You know, then you have flashes in the pan and guys that seem like, or gals that seem like they're going to do really well, that do well for a moment in time. And then they're really challenged because someone figured out their gimmick Mm -hmm. and then they lost. And I think that's, that's going to happen in entertainment, right? Uh, That's going to happen uh, I don't think Facebook or YouTube or LinkedIn or any social network needs to shadow ban or hide anyone. Let those be the wild, wild west. You want to put a report up on YouTube that says, um, you know, putting suntan lotion on your back wards off coronavirus? Knock yourself out, man. Uh, should you probably have some legalese in there that if you're providing advice that uh, if it fails miserably on someone, they can come after you? Sure, do whatever. But you shouldn't right. ban that because that, could, that gives it a little subterfuge. Now you're off to the side. You know, and so the one-hit wonders of the world, I mean, remember the 80s and 90s were filled with one-hit wonders. They really were. That's kind of dissipated a little bit if you think about it. I mean, think about the last one-hit wonder versus, I mean, who was the one guy, Godier, somebody that you used to know? I mean, what a perfect song for a guy that had one song. (laughs) Right? I mean, not saying you can't go hit the club if it was open tomorrow and play that and people wouldn't lose their minds. But it's you look at that and then look at who else is still touring. The Rolling Stones. Look at, you know, I mean, it's quality because of work and effort always lasts. And I believe that's going to be the case again. Where are we going to run into some hiccups? Yeah, absolutely we are. Uh, are we going to run into a couple other issues? Sure, I mean, are you gonna get knocked down or get bombarded with bullshit? Yeah, obviously, uh, but people are smart. At the end of the day, I, do have, I, I have way more faith in people than I do in algorithms or I do in technology. Um, I have a lot more faith in people and access. And what I mean by access is, is the fact that people are gonna find all the different ways to search something out. And they're gonna find the gems that need to be polished. They're gonna find the polished gems Uh, that you know just uh, needed a a light shined on them and then they're gonna see that it's surrounded by trash and I think the only subtle difference we need to learn is that we can ignore the trash right you can you don't we focus so much on the trash that we forget the
3: gems that's 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 a very positive way of looking at things and maybe like, cause I, I, I agree with you. Like to me, the, the issue of, of um, censoring things or, or, or banning certain things, I don't really, I, I, I'm, I'm indifferent towards it, right? Like I, it's, as I can see both sides of that argument. Um, and it is not destructive. Like it, there being false information or misleading information or hateful information is irrelevant or it has no impact if sort of what you're saying in that if the gems rise to the top um well no exactly what you're saying if the gems rise to the top i guess i don't have as much faith in humanity as you do overall because i think that a lot of people who are not in the most advanced state so they're probably hurting in some way um or just like very like ignorant in the uh, like just haven't been exposed to information. So maybe they've only people who've only been exposed to like one way of thinking. Or but I I think generally people who are hurting will would prefer information that reinforces a viewpoint that they already hold that makes them feel good or makes their suffering more bearable um then actually find the light or find accuracy like and I, I i could not have predicted that we'd get you i could not have predicted that there would over time say from like you know 20 years ago to now that that there would that science would be called into question right like, well no well that's just scientists that's just their opinion right like i never thought that that, that could happen but this is but that's that's what the reality is right so I don't have the same faith in humanity to do it on our own, and I definitely don't have uh, faith in like the powers that be. In, in like, even though it's the powers that be that might be forcing Facebook to body posts or whatever, these say, the same powers that be are are also making sure that you know information on say Joe Biden is not rising to the top, right? Yep. Whereas you know say bad information on Bernie Sanders would rise to the top. So I definitely don't have faith in the powers that be, but I also don't have faith in the masses to, to to make it happen. So again, I don't know, I don't know how to be positive there, but maybe it's just, at least with your viewpoint, there is reason for optimism.
0: Yeah, I just, you know, I look at it and to, to your, you made that statement earlier about people and um you know and, and reaffirming or hearing their own their own like rhetoric yeah and you know the way that we grow and become better is we don't you know is that we don't live on our own like rhetoric right is we challenge ourselves we we hear different information we absorb different information so that you can if anything have um, an argument or a statement right not based on what you know but based on information from someone who you disagree with and right. i think those are the hard things i remember my mom used to get so mad at me a very religious woman and i would watch bill maher and she's like why would you want you know he's a liberal he's leftist he had that movie saying that god didn't exist why would you watch him it's like no no if you believe like this is the guy you have to watch because you have to understand how he looks at the world and ultimately his viewpoint of the world is going to change your viewpoint of the world, good, bad, or indifferent, right? It's going to change it subtly or drastically. He might turn you into an atheist. He may turn you into the biggest Bible thumper in the world. Who knows? But you can't have that change without exploring or seeing other people. And that's where I have a a big craw against stopping things. It's like, um, you know, and I'll bring it back to the, the, the movie here. Remember, Bruce Lee came in with a martial arts that everyone told him he couldn't do. And more importantly, he could not teach Westerners any of these martial arts. It was not allowed to happen. And what did he do? He did it anyways, right? He fought the cultural bias, A. He fought the stereotypes, B. And then he ended up fighting the martial arts bias by joining different arts together. I mean, Chuck Norris was the first guy to teach him to kick above the head, right? to go up and kick above the head. But if he didn't have his initial action of wanting to push boundaries and barriers and understandings, would Chuck Norris have influenced him in any way, shape or form or vice versa? No. Would we have the martial arts or the Bourne movies we have today, the MMA, would we have any of that? Maybe not. So, you know, it's, it's the difference of people understanding and wanting change versus technology, giving you a knowledge graph where you're like, I think I want, and then Google fills the rest out for you.
1: Right, right, right.
0: You you didn't want that. Google told you what you wanted. And if your brain gets that lazy, then you're just waiting to be fed something versus I think entrepreneurs and artists like yourself who go, no, I'm not waiting to be fed. I'm going to go hunt. Right. I'm hunting for me but I'm also hunting because I'm blazing a trail for other hunters.
3: Yep. I agree with that. I agree with that. And I definitely agree that the the work that, you know, that I do blazes a trail for and opens things up for people who might not even begin wanting to, you know, live and live and think more actively. So that's, that's, that's correct. There's no um, argument against that. So, that, that's some reason for optimism.
0: It is. There's, you know, there, I, I, I think so. Um, question for you, because we're getting to that point where he's just broke out of the bank, right? He's got all this info and more. He knows something's up, but can't quite figure it out. But we're coming up to, I mean, the Bourne movies, and there's, of course, some bullet and some other ones prior. But the Bourne movies, man, I mean, these are the epitome of epic car chase scenes epic driving have you ever um gone to one of those driving classes gotten behind the ferrari or lamborghini and hot tracked it or uh done those ultimate go-karts that are souped up and dune buggies going across the sand anything like that
3: atvs i've done ATVs. yeah Yeah, i've done atvs and that's fun yeah that's fun as fuck um that's (laughs) so much fun
0: and anywhere in the world i don't care if you're in montana you're in baja california right i mean you get in the atv and you start floating down i mean it's fun
3: yeah it's fun and i've done them in wild places i've done them like in like thailand Laos, cambodia southeast asia um and but like some people just have an understanding of machines and engines and it's sort of like, I, I feel like you might have it. I feel like it's a very Texas thing where it's like, you know, you, you're, you're just, you just understand the car. That's not me. With like, that's not me. Like me, every time I'm drunk, every time I'm driving, not yeah, every time I'm driving at night, it's, it's probably not the safest, you know, I'm not, probably not the best driver there. So with ATVs, it was like, all right, well, because at first it was almost just a, a method of transportation, or that, that was the reason, all right, you know what, let's just get this instead of whatever, you know, a car or whatever. And then we'll also have fun with it. Then when it came to really pushing it, um, it was a lot of fun, but then it did. I remember like we're on a, a hill. It's like, all right, let's just go, boom, and hit the hill. And now we're airborne. And then I don't know <laughs> what I thought would happen. I thought that we would go like this and then be safe, but just went up and then, poof. Oh, So like I I don't know, I think like 30 feet in the air, then it just came and crashed on us. Like me and my homie were in it. So then um so that was the the end of my ATV experience. I think now when I since then when I've driven one, it's been pretty straightforward. But that's my pushing it to the to the metal like uh experience. I'm trying to think what else I've ridden bikes in Indonesia, like motorbikes. I don't think anything else where i really like you know gone all out like you know racing like getaway i know there's a track in atlanta that's a, a porsche sort of experience that yep. i haven't done i haven't done yet i'm trying to think what else what I have do done. What it's
0: hard for guys six feet and above like us to go out and do that as well because we're driving with our head to the side a little bit,
1: yeah it's
3: they're not just
0: big. they haven't built that lamborghini exactly. or porsche for someone six two six three not it's really not
3: good for us exactly exactly uh especially
0: getting in and out but it's um i mean i love it dude i i don't know i've i've done a couple of those uh i've done the tours i've done the um the super go-karts that go like 60 miles an hour that you know the real tiny ones the indoor tracks where you put the race suit on and the helmet and the whole deal
3: So you're, so what sort of track are you on
0: uh in, in in inside racetrack. It was Okay,
3: gotcha. So a normal a normal go-kart track. Okay. Yep. Got it. I
0: did that. Uh what else we've we done? I've done the off-road stuff, obviously being from Montana. I mean, driving around and then out here in Texas as well, cruising around and doing Jeep runs slow and fast, um, riding on the beaches and everywhere in between with ATVs. Um, doing and then I think more important, which is also part of this movie, uh, is the road trip aspect. I mean, people forget like he's underground, he's hiding, and it's still the best way to get around is get in the car and drive around.
3: Yes, you're Have right. Fun. And I like you put like <laughs> I like <laughs> that you feel like that the road trip aspect. I like that you um uh because that's that. So for me, with born like everyone or a lot of people think car chase, car chase, car chase. That's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. For me, the car chase, like like I said. All right, learning that you can drive downstairs or or learning that you can just elbow your way through a window. These are the car parts for me from Born, but the car chase parts are not so much for me, but maybe a reason that it resonates is that road trip aspect of it with which part of it is the mentality of like, all right, well, we get here and we'll figure it out. Whatever it is, we're gonna get what we need to out of this thing, but just be ready to go, which is so uh, I used to be all the way into that. Like, all right, let's just go. We have we have a passport, we have, you know. We have a passport? All right, let's go. Now it's like a little bit more planning will be needed, but I'm still all about that. So that really, I like how you put that. I, I, I don't know if anyone's ever, you know, described born in terms of the road trips. But.
0: <laughs> it is. I mean, it's public transportation. It's getting out with the people and it's seeing things that you're not going to see when you fly over the flyover states, right? I mean, I love road trips. I don't know about you. I'm, I'm down for a road trip anywhere.
3: Yeah, and travel is when you make those connections. Traveling is, at least for me, it's when, it's always, even before I was an artist, even before I had success, traveling was, was when I would really just put all of my guard down and then allow myself to, like, experience everything and be grateful for everything that I'm experiencing, maybe something that you would take for granted back, back home, but then just end up in these, you know, these unbelievable situations of, say, a family taking you in, in a, a jungle, in a place where you don't speak the language, you can't communicate. Like, just wild things when you're, when you're open that come from just getting away, you know?
0: No, absolutely. I mean, as I told this story before. Uh, we were I was taking a road trip, so I bought an 85 lifted uh, Jeep. Took the center console out, and I took that, turned that into a cooler with a, with a drop plug so I could put a six-pack in there. I mean, it's just a hillbilly from Montana, right? I got no doors. I got no windows. I got, I got the windscreen up front, and I got a bikini top. That's it.
1: Two, what does two, lifted mean? Lifted means stolen or it's raised?
0: Raised up. Okay. It's, okay. it's got an eight-inch or nine-inch lift on it, bigger tires. So I grabbed a friend of mine, and I said, you know what will be fun? We live in a Newport Beach at the time. I said, why don't, we, why don't you drive with me and we'll go to Montana. And we're going to take this Jeep that only does like 65 downhill, <laughs> as fast as you can possibly. but a four wheel drive. So we leave at like four in the morning from Newport Beach. And I said, the one way we're going to go is I like to see the small, I, we're not taking any major highways as soon as we get out of California. It's all two lane roads. Gas is going to be more, it's totally worth it. So there's a highway that goes the straight up The state of Nevada and actually goes through Idaho and right into Montana and literally drives you to the entryway of the subdivision of our home. And it's called Highway 93. We're cruising up Highway 93. It's hot. Mind you, no doors, no windows. So it's just the heat is vibrating off the asphalt and you can feel it. So we stop at this diner and it's disgusting. And there's four guys sitting around in full leathers leather jackets, pants, the whole thing. And uh one guy takes his jacket off and of course he's got a leather um vest on underneath it. And I'm like, damn these fools, they that is some dedication to the leather.
3: This is, this is some hell angel shit.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be. So we end up sitting down and um I order a burger and a beer and I ask if I can get a six pack of beer to go and I, I said hey man it's super hot out. Is there anything we can do to stay cool? And this guy then fucking leathers. So he goes get some of these. And he holds up this handkerchief that's got a gel inside of it that they sell frozen. And it slowly re- keep, it keeps your, your neck cool. So the blood going to your brain stays cool, stay awake, all this stuff. I'm like, awesome, man, thanks. I'm like, shit, what kind of bike accident happened? You've got your arm all fucked up. Like, did you just wipe out? Like, what happened? He goes, no, I'm part of the Warlocks. And we patrol this area. I used to be part of the Hell's Angels and I had a Hell's Angels tattoo on my forearm and they burnt it off me. <laughs> so my friends like tapping, and they're like kicking me to the table like time to go. You've made enough friends. It's time to get the fuck out of here. Let's go. And I'm like, wow. So I mean, they, they burn it off like lighters. He's like, no, like rubbing alcohol and the blue flame and lit shit on fire and it melted it off. I go, you didn't just want to tattoo over it? He goes, no, 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 you don't tattoo over this. You remove it. I'm like, shit, man. God bless you and your friends. I mean, that is some dedication. Gentlemen, you know this guy loves you. He goes, hey, we'll keep an eye out for you on the road because uh, cars break down in this heat a lot and we'll make sure you're okay. And so for the next 300 plus miles, three different times these cats blew past us and gave us a wave <laughs> got budweiser's i'm like all right boys how you doing
3: wow so what is warlock like? just another gang
0: another gang that really fights
3: hard with the hell's angels yeah and then when he switches hell's angels aren't going to come after him like how, I, how is he telling that story so openly
0: I, I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, I know that from watching other uh, biker documentaries, they do burn those tattoos off. I never thought I would meet someone.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: It's like, yeah, they burn it off. i like, dude, no. Hell no. Like just wear a long sleeve shirt. I mean, I, I'm cool with that. I don't need to see flesh getting burned off, but you know, it, but you see all those crazy things. We were at, um, I was my my wife, daughter, and I were driving to uh, to Kentucky to see her family. Mm-hmm. Wife falls asleep. I instantly get off the interstate, and I'm on back roads, going through Louisiana. No, not the easiest way to get to Kentucky. Okay. And uh, she uh, she wakes up. She's like, "Where are we?" I go, "Don't worry." She gets on ways. She's like, "We are taking the longest, slowest way to get to Kentucky." We stop at this store. It's called McDonald's.
3: Not McDonald's.
0: McDonald's. Right. It's an alligator store that only sells different kinds of cooked alligator and raw alligator for you to eat, as well as some chips and soda and beer. And my daughter had use the restroom. So we stop at McDonald's to use the restroom. Remember those old school foamy toilet seats? Do you ever remember those? from? I don't know if you guys had those.
1: Foamy. Maybe it wasn't in Toronto. Like, yeah, like a
0: thick foam that had then like a latex covering, but the the latex would break if it was too old. It wasn't a lot of, I was poor, trailer house kind of thing.
3: I remember like a fuzzy top that people would have. Yeah, so
0: underneath the fuzzy top was the toilet seat, like a padded Uh, one. Yep. And it was broken. My daughter walks into this restroom and she goes, Dad, this bathroom is disgusting, but it smells so nice in here. (laughs) I'm like, don't touch anything. Just let's use the restroom and get the hell out of here. I got some alligator bites to go. they were pretty good. They weren't overcooked very well. Yep. yep. Right. Got her some local soda that you just can't buy off the interstate, whatever they were bottling in that area. Sure. You know, uh some some little drink. Got myself some local beers that were bottled in that area, put them in the back, boom, done. But I mean I bring all that up because the road trip part, like the destination becomes as as equal of a part as the ride getting there, and I think it's yeah of yeah for sure for sure it life a lot. You know, where you getting gas? Are you getting food? Are you hungry? You have to use the restroom. Whatever 100%. it may be, it's it's part and parcel.
3: Hundred percent. Yep. I yeah. And, and Louisiana, as far as America goes, is one of the places where you'll see things that are out of this world. You know
0: out of this world but it's like but it's it it comes hand in hand and you enjoy getting there because of the work put in to get there and sometimes it's fun sometimes the weather's bad sometimes the car breaks down there's all these things that could the shoulda coulda wouldas are all over the place but damn it, it man it can still have so much fun
3: yeah yeah in part of it's your attitude that when something doesn't go the right way, that, that you know you realize, okay, well, hey, if we do this, then this, you know, unwanted incident can turn into a positive. So, yeah, yeah. road trip is really a situation. Road trip is really a situation where that mentality of like, all right, what's the positive, um, will open up incredibly positive things.
0: Isn't that also like the a relationship calibrator it's like dude go on a two-day drive with someone that you want to marry go on a two-day drive with them and see and make sure the car is uh, half empty um, make sure that you know you're gonna need to get new tires but you're only gonna find out you know and like you know that this is all gonna cost you more money however just do it because it's a hell of a lot cheaper than a divorce or a bad breakup <laughs>
3: yeah i i, I thankfully haven't found myself in too many of those situations i mean just as a rapper it's not really the, the life i live but um but there have been times but i i think just don't bring sand to the beaches my you know uh explanation for not for not doing that on the trips that i've been to but you're right but you're but it, you're definitely right that it will let you know Hey, how alike are you with someone and even with homies even with friends right like if you like in order to make a road a road trip work or even if it's even if you fly somewhere and you're somewhere like the person's got to be on your same level of you know ambition and wanting to discover shit for it to really be an excellent experience
0: yeah i mean it's something and we all experience it differently you know it's um I did. I re, I re, re uh, met up with a group of friends from college a couple of years back, and we all met up in Denver. We we're just going to spend four days in Denver, and you know, a couple of us have kids, and uh, you know, uh, my my friend Heather, she was she was just uh, she was in a re- just starting off a relationship. You know, I, my my buddy Father John, who's like seven feet tall, he's ready, he's excited about life, but. All of these guys are—we're all older and having fun and messing around, but I'm like, I still—I don't sleep in, so I'm getting up, I'm running Uh, two, three miles. I'm like, where can we go get coffee? Where's the cool restaurant place? Hey, what place is serving mimosas right now? Like, let's just—are we driving to the mountains? What time you want to leave? And they're like, hold on, man, I gotta sleep until ten. I don't get to sleep in at home. Like,
1: I'm just—you guys go to the bar at night or whatever.
0: Yeah, and I'll go to the bar okay. at night as well. But I'm still like four hours, five hours of sleep.
1: Exactly. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I'm with you.
0: You know, i let's let's go. I'll 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 sleep later. I'll get a chance. I'll exactly. crash later. But it was funny to see how how we're still all great friends, but how different we've become in where we put um adventure and, and things like that. And they and they will bust my chops on this and they'll be like, Yeah, but Jason won't get a hangover. He will just get up in the morning and he's fine and sure. he's great and Da, 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 and I was like, yeah, but you guys—I mean, some of that, sure, but a lot of that,
3: to me, is mindset. I agree with that 100%. I agree with that 100%. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I mean, I guess I can see it from both ways because, like, I also don't get hangovers. So then, you know, and people will say the same thing: oh, well, you don't get hungover, so whatever. But I I also agree that it's a mindset. Like, if I maybe if I allowed myself to be like, oh, well, I'm hungover, so. Now I'll feel these symptoms. Um, because I'm with you. I'm, I, 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 I'm with you in that mindset. you know. So it's,
0: it's tough. I mean, listen, I get that. But you can have a bad day or have a headache and wake up, feel tired. And you can lament on being tired.
1: Exactly. Or you exactly.
0: can think about, you get your exactly. checklist out and you're like, I'm going to do this one by one. I'm not going to do all the things I have to do, but one by one. And uh, maybe to make it different. I'm gonna go get coffee someplace else. They'll wake my brain up because then I've got to go someplace different. So I got to think about where I want to go. But all those little things, I'm going to make myself breakfast today, but I'm not just going to do cereal. I want to do something different because I want to wake my brain up. Like that's how I approach it so that I'm not thinking about what I did last night or the night before me. Like the other night I was here, wife's here, kids here. They are crashed out of sleep and my friend had dropped off some, um, some uh, shrooms. And I was like, oh, man, I'm going to watch a movie. I'm going to go to Jupiter. I'm going to have a great time. I ended up being on a Zoom call with my friend till like 2 in the morning. Just catching up, changing backgrounds, just but just talking, having fun, just catching yeah. up. And, you know, my kid doesn't know what 6 a.m. is. Right. knows that she's awake and she wants some some cereal. And my body knows that 5 a.m. is just the time we get up. Right. It is, And got up went and attacked the day and you know at the at the end of the night i just looked at my wife and it was like 6 right when we put the kid to bed usually and i go i'm gonna go to sleep too i'll see you guys <laughs> but you're not gonna hear me complain about it because it's just it's not it's not in the rolodex the rolodex is like but how else can i experience or find this experience to make it different to keep going to stay excited
3: i, I like that mentality of um Finding that adventure in the little things. I think that's something that I don't do that much of. I think that I uh, overlook the little things unless it's someone else is pointing it out and someone else is the driving force for doing those little things. And you were, you are great at that. Like in Austin when we came and it was like you know it was just everything was washed out and it was still like all right well we need to eat so you know, we could just eat whatever is the fastest or the closest or the cheapest or or. You know, or I, when I, I when I order food, I order the most. What's the most meat? That's how I'll just order it, right? My yeah. ring does well with black and white, green and red, just like you know. But with you, it was like, all right, well, let's go here. This will be you know an experience, given the limitations of this pandemic. So that's 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 a quality that you have that I think is like um, something that both. People like me can take away who are adventurous, but, you know, are maybe always in part of that drive for adventures is always wanting to win championships and always wanting the biggest thing, the the sexiest thing, the the shiniest thing. And then, and then also people who are all the way on like, not, they're content to sitting on the couch and not pursuing any adventure at all. Then maybe for them, appreciating those small things, because they also need to have that cup of coffee and they also need to eat so maybe that's a way to activate more people. Maybe not so much for more gratitude the way that that thing does for me, but just just more experience, more adventure. You know?
0: Yeah, and you know, I think your your point's well. T- I appreciate the compliment, thank you. But also, I think the point is well taken of um, the little things. You know, we're going to come out of a cycle of being locked in at home and not being able to go out and get what we want. That little freedom of I'm just going to go do this is, is we've been shown the vulnerability in, 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 uh, in freedom when nature decides to, to put its hand out, right?
1: Yeah, sure,
0: yeah. <laughs> It's your, your example of the tsunami as well, right? It's like when nature decides, when water decides to move, I'm glad you wanna go get a hot dog, you're not, okay? The, the water's moving, it's not happening. And when the virus is moving, it's not happening. And I think that um, as a society and as people, we need to figure out how to embrace the big and little things, right? Whether it's try some new place or even go to that same place, but really appreciate it. Because how many times do we go to the same place over and over again and we enjoy it, but do we appreciate it?
3: Yep. Right.
0: You know, I mean, I, I was re listening to your music before this and I went from listening to it because usually I have it on my phone and I'm just Pedaling, biking, there's a couple of hills. There's a couple of spots where I'm, I'm yelling at you. I'm like, motivate me, move my legs. <laughs> there's a huge hill, Southwest Parkway. And I took the wrong way because I was, I was being an idiot. And I ended up going like four miles out of my way. So I ended up doing like 20 miles on this big heavy mountain bike instead of 12. And I'm like, ah! move me. Because <laughs> I was so tired, I couldn't listen to a podcast because I just stop and walk. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I got, that, I got to get that music. I've got to get that momentum, that drive. And I'm just, I'm like, move me, move me. Come on, get my legs going. Come on, come on. And I'm wondering how many people are going to go from enjoying something as ancillary in the background, whether that's standing in line and getting coffee, or whether it's something as big um, as uh, as appreciating it and thanking like, I think the people now that are working because it, it's gotta be, suck to work at a grocery store. I tell them, thank you all, I'm like, thanks for being here. Thanks for doing that. But I wonder how much are we gonna go
3: in keeping that appreciation? Yeah, right, right, right. I mean, for the first part as a rapper, especially the way that I like, you know, sculpt my, my music, it's built for like, the long run. So, it's it's also designed to provide as much instant gratification as like I can as an artist who's going to embed quality in there but it's also what that means is that lyrics matter a lot to me and lyrics in general don't carry the same weight that they did in rap music in the past so and, and you can also sort of bank on because of because of the decreased attention spans and probably uh, decreased appreciation for, like, sort of content, like like sub- substance in music that you don't want to overwhelm people at the beginning with basically music being too intellectual. But it's still important for me to have, like, intellect in there. So I sort of, like... I put it in the DNA of the song. So it might not be apparent to people up front, but it's very satisfying when on the fourth or fifth list and someone will catch a bar. And I, and I know with my music there's still a lot of discovery that people have left to do because you know, I don't have a lot of music out there. My career is still relatively early. So when people do find those, like, you know, those double entendres, it's very satisfying to me. And I know that that's just a part of rap, but I've experienced it on the fan end as well, where it's like you catch something years later um, after you learn something um, unrelated to that song, but you learn something that then allows you to appreciate that song deeper. And it's very satisfying, like artists, like as a fan, it's a very satisfying experience. This one, I, I totally agree with you that it's nice that everyone has more appreciation for these people that, um, you know, are underappreciated. I think for me, what's interesting, I've always found the the pharmacy and the supermarket of like immense value. I think you were asking, well, what do you eat? I'm like, well, I'll go and get a rotisserie chicken from the the supermarket or maybe sometimes from the pharmacy, depending on where where it's at. And for like six, $7, you can get all this food. I've always found it to be so, such high value. And just for most people, that's just what it is. Well, the restaurants this much, and then the supermarkets this much, right? Yep. Pharmacies close to the supermarket, and now it's like all the things that are, uh, like, and and I also along with that felt like, I don't know what it's like in other places, but in New York, the delivery, like, whoever's delivering the food, a lot of it's done on bike because everything, everything's closed, and a lot of that's like you know illegal, um, labor, right? Mm-hmm. So that's also super underpaid, right? Because they're not, that doesn't need to be by the books. And now, right now, all of these, all, like, all of these worlds are super highly valued. Will it go back to that? I mean, I don't think so, but, and I, I don't know, I don't know what the solution is there, but it's, at least right now, it's nice that people are appreciating that.
0: Yeah, I think it comes, you know, I think to your point with music and, and hearing lyrics, I think that comes one with paying attention versus just listening. And I think two, it comes with life and stages of where you're at and what it means. Like, I mean, there's this uh, Toad the Wet Sprocket song called Nancy.
1: What? what? Say it again?
0: Toad the Wet Sprocket. There's a, there's a song they have called Nancy. N- okay. Got got it. And uh, Nancy has this lyric in there, you know, you bend your words like Uri Geller's spoons. Well, I had forgotten, you know, a kid of the 70s. I grew up watching Yuri Geller bend spoons, you know, and, and that's incredible. And
1: But I mean, he's a magician?
0: He's an illusionist and, and a magician, yep. And he'll say, uh, you know, the difference between him and David Blaine, David Blaine is like, I do an illusion. I'm here to freak you out. Yuri Geller is, I talk to spirits and I'm not doing illusions. I'm actually got a it. mystical healer.
1: got it, got it, got it, okay.
0: But he's, you know, the, the idea of do you bend your words? Do how do you manipulate the things around you with your lyrics? But I didn't catch that phrase and I didn't understand that until I was driving from Newport Beach out to Texas over a decade ago by myself, and I heard that song, and I was like, wait, oh man, well that's you know, that's a pretty powerful statement. It's it's eclectic as all hell, it's really awkward. I mean, how many people are gonna know how to spell Erie Geller and then when they find it, yeah. are they gonna see the spoon or are they gonna see the other trick? What are they gonna see? Right. But the idea of embracing that, the thought process around that of, of coming up with that to let someone explore and find it, that always blows my mind. I mean, that is, and, I, and also I bring that up because I wanna ask the question, it's like how do you, how do you go from catchy lyrics to thoughtful lyrics, to lyrics that are going to inspire people as they grow inside and outside of your music?
3: I mean, so that, I think it depends on who you are as an artist. In, in, in rap, at least classically in rap, that the, the double entendre is a core like piece of creating music. Decreasingly so now, but it's still like a double entendre is like that's what comprises a punchline, which used to be sort of the measure of how good you are as a rapper. So that was sort of inherent to to creating. Now it's sort of opened up. And whereas whereas in other, I remember someone explaining, so I don't I don't listen to I'm I'm not I do not listen to i am not i do not go deep into that many other genres other than rap. I remember someone explaining to me once that, like, no, that's not really how other Genres are written like occasionally you're in there, and some artists will have a lot of it. But but that sort of a punchline, a very literal, um, literally written punchlines is it's it's more of a rap phenomenon. So there might be a lot more of that in rap, and then there'll be a lot more of the phenomenon of you hearing it once and you understand, you know, at face value what's said, and then later you learn something, you're like, oh, that's what, you know, that's what he was getting at. But then in terms of deciding or, or sculpting your song to inspire or provoke or share your feelings, it's really who you are as an artist and then what you're feeling in that moment. And increasingly, my objective is has gone from you know, wanting to impress people with my lyrics, which is sort of... That's what a punchline rapper does. It's like, oh shit, he thought it, Oh, whoa, that's that's crazy to inspire. Which, in some ways, it's easier because you're not limited to all right, words with you know, or words or phrases or whatever with like, multiple definitions. But then, in some ways, it's you know, it's most artists would probably say that it's more of a challenge because, well, how do you know what's going to inspire your your audience and there's a whole world of people who are already trying to inspire with words, and there's not that many people that are trying to impress with their words. So you know, you're, you have you're, the whole world is competition. You have religion, and you have you know self-help books, and you have like the whole you know world. But I think that, and then and then sort of just being more straight up emotionally can come when you're in a place of emotionally real down, like the last song that I put out, Demons was probably the first song that, yeah, probably the first song that of mine that is real, like it's down and it came from when I was down and for the first time, um, felt, I don't know what the word is, secure enough in, in me. Like, All right, well, let's make a song, let's, let's record this song, like, let's put how I'm feeling out there Cause I've gotten that far before I'm like, all right, I'm not in a great place. I'm angry or I'm sad. Let's, you know, write this song. And then it's like, no, I don't want anyone hearing this. So when you're down, to me, that's the best thing an artist can do to be to use that negative emotion to create. But then I, I don't I don't know, like I, I don't know what how to describe it in terms of like that decision making process, because it's not really a decision if you're doing it driven by your own inspiration, it's just like whatever, you know, so maybe sometimes the beat will provide some inspiration, but it's really just a natural process. So, yeah, I don't, I, there, that one I don't have the algorithm for.
0: <laughs> well, right. I mean, you know, here's I mean, it's hard. There. It's hard to have an algorithm for something that, um that has so much emotion and so much personality of of who you are and where you're at the moment tied to it. Like, I don't think algorithms exist for for that as much as vulnerability does. And your your definition of when when you decide and how you decide to be vulnerable for the people that may or may not be listening either at that moment or when they hit a similar moment like that in their lives.
3: Definitely, definitely. And, And for me, what I found is, I guess, I guess the reality is, so still, like you know that I've had a bunch of successes that are easy to, you know, easy to put in the headline so that when, you know, you're reading my bio or you're reading about me, it's like, oh, shit, like Shaw's popping, he's on the come up. But the reality is, I still have a long way to go. So there's still a lot of, um, there's still a, a lot of discovery of me left like there's more discovery left and I, I'm, I'm less than 50 percent of the way there so i don't so what that means is i don't know a lot of my fan experience because the fan experience is still at an early enough stage where i don't think they're really talking about it so what i see is kind of limited and, and um like someone who is interviewing me had to point that out once I'm like, you know, I don't think I really have any, um, I don't really have any Brown fans. He's like, oh no. Like when I was digging, I saw all of these hardcore Brown fans and groups and all these things of like your loyal supporters that I didn't know about. But the point is that with this song with Demons, I'm like, I I, I didn't really set an intention with it, which may, have, which I guess I should have done um, in order to achieve that more powerfully. But I didn't know what to expect because it was the first sad thing I put out there. And I think that it's kind of caught people by surprise because because I never put anything out there like that. So I'm not seeing, I haven't seen that song play that role for people that like sad music does when you're feeling down and it's like, you know, it's therapeutic. It might not resolve the issues, but it just makes you feel less alone. So I haven't identified that. Now I'm not familiar with the process of an artist putting out sad music. Like what does it look like? Cause I, I in my limited exposure to it, there's a very close bond there between like, you know, what's called sad boy rap or emo rap, which are like definitely not like the major, major genres within rap. But there's definitely a close connection between those fans and those artists now I'm not that type of artist so it makes sense that I didn't have those fans there waiting but I still haven't seen that so it's probably happening below the the radar so but it, it'll be interesting to see because I think it'll be pretty profound and maybe even a little bit scary like a close friend of mine who's an artist who has you know connected in that genre he'll tell me how like fans are you know, like, just not dependent on him, but in a way dependent, in a way dependent on him, like, like, they're, they're surviving through, through, through him. So, so like I said, that's a reality that I know that it's, it's there. I'm not searching for it. I'm not seeing it in full force, but I don't know what to do with
0: that. Yeah, I was going to ask, is that, um, understanding is especially as you know you gain more followers you become more and more popular and um how do you prepare yourself for uh the weight the you know with the, the emotional or physical however you want to put it the weight of people wanting more of you because at the end of the day that's that's it right i mean what whether it's demons or whether it's text me or wh- whatever song that's you first that's a part of you that you're letting us see and whether it's a part of you for your talent or the emotion that you're going through or the joy or the struggles, whatever it may be, you're giving us a glimpse inside of you, or, or, um, or you're allowing us to put a smile on our face and, and experience with you something. And as you put out more and as you become more popular, I mean, there's a reason why you're on the upswing and not on a pause, but I'm wondering um, how you prepare for inside of that, uh, the uh, the fact that it's it's like the postman, right? He's never done delivering the mail.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fair, and it's like I don't have a, a, a feel-good answer for this one, partially because I'm still figuring it out, but because I want to be, and I, I, I wonder if, if all artists or most artists are like that, but I want to be able to be just the artist. So kind of like how old school – Fame worked where you just got to come out, put out the album, and then it does what it does, and then you can you'll, you tour and that 's sort of the closest that you get that's not that 's not what it is anymore um, at least for a new artist that's coming up in this current realm if you're like a legacy artist like maybe Rolling Stones or whoever can still function like that, even rappers can't function like that because rappers very few rappers built in um longevity and sustainability into their plan from the onset it's sort of like you know just um it's like you're it's it's rocket fuel that goes up and then you know there's not a lot of artists that stick around for the for the long run there's not there's, there's no rolling stones in rap music right so um there's no one who really did it in the previous era who's super hot right now so, so there isn't an example of someone who was able to, you know, um, really pop in the era before being accessible was how you had to do things. And at first I really like, you know, I didn't like it. I didn't, I didn't, I and I didn't do it. And then and then the first step was, you know what, reply to the comments. Like all the, the fans who were commenting on the posts meaningfully, reply to all of them. It's like, okay, sure, I can do that. And At first, I didn't even want to do that. It's like, no, like I should just be able to put out the picture, put out my picture, and then that's the thing for people to enjoy. That's like the content outside of the music. Like No, let's just do this. Just do this because then you want to create a welcoming environment for the fan. You want to create an environment that lets a potential fan know that, oh, hey, if, if I engage, then this is what I can expect. And that sort of opened it up. It's like, okay. So from there, it's like, be available in the DMs. And again, if it's, you know, if it's something where it's not the experience that I want, then, you know, you just move it over to the general inbox and I'll probably never see you again, right? But there is a lot of effort spent on engaging fans that doesn't even have the value of being publicly visible that I'll still do because... I guess I guess it comes back to gratitude because you realize it's like ultimately it's the fans that are letting me do what I do. If I just created music and no one's there to hear it, well then that's, that's not what I want to do. Because I want to serve fans. I want, I want to uplift and inspire. So that is the driving force behind how much do I open up to fans. From the musical standpoint, I think that it was tough for me, like I already alluded to, by not having put out the more emotional music or the negatively charged emotional music. But that what I think that having initial success made me feel, you know, secure enough to be vulnerable. So it's like, all right, well, like, I've achieved something, so now I'm not worried about maybe being having my sadness being misinterpreted as like failure or something like that. So that was kind of an easy switch. It was sort of a cheat because to be completely vulnerable would have been doing that when I was all the way at, at zero, all the way at nothing, right? And now that moment's passed and it's not gonna go back to that. So the way that I've done it is kind of like training meals, but it's still there. And, and I guess even when you're up, there's still things that can make you feel engulfed in negativity and you, and you hope that those don't happen. You try to stay in a positive space, but when they do again, just putting all of myself out there now is, is that part is easy to do. Do
0: you, um, you brought up, you know, serving your fans. Um, That's uh it seems like from the outside looking in right it seems like a uh a contradictory statement in imagine a stadium or a huge club and you're performing and they're all cheering but i guess man, correct me if i'm wrong but maybe the reason why they're all cheering is because you have the servitude attitude of i'm here for you guys versus that's right i'm the fucking best now clap along and listen
3: does that make sense yeah that makes sense i mean there are artists i think that there are artists that still are able to do it that that latter way where it's like obnoxious and you're almost almost disrespectful of the fans I, is it, I don't know if disrespectful is the right word but you're like definitely unappreciative of that love that you're getting and sort of in an old school way that kind of like like solidifies your celebrity in that you don't give a fuck right but i think that happens decreasingly i can't i I can't think of too too many examples where that happens but like in rap music but there's still a a little bit of it that's just not the lane that i've entered that, that i've entered um and there's something about at least the way that I came up or where I achieved success in Atlanta and in the streets, my DJ Swamp Izzo and like my mentor, bodega Teezy, Sean Teezy, a rapper here who's been hot for, for a minute, um, told me that touch the hands, kiss the babies, touch the hands, kiss the babies. <laughs> and this was when my first single was taken off. This was when Just Text was, you know, taking off. And I, I didn't realize until like a year later that I did that I wasn't understanding what they meant. And what they meant was literally touch the hands, shake the hands when you're in the club, even like even when you're not performing, or especially when you're not performing, <clears throat> and you're just out, shake the hands. Because in Atlanta, people are gonna be quick to recognize you as a rapper who's coming up. So I also didn't realize how many people recognized who I was, but then being new to Atlanta, still being early on my come-up people might not be fanning out, right? Like now, nowadays when I walk into a room where people will know, it's more clear like, oh, hey, what's up? Dog? I came back from tour, I was going like, welcome back home, whatever it is. But back then, it wasn't like that. So one, I didn't even realize that, okay, this is the room that I'm supposed to be working and that, you know, more than 50% of these people know who I am or, or recognize me as like, yeah, he's, he's, he's somebody. But then all it takes is just touching the hands and shaking the hands to convert that person to being someone who's now rooting for me. So when it clicked and I realized, yo, that's, it's that easy. It's just dapping someone up and, and saying, what's up, yo, how you doing? Um, and, and in a way where you're actually connecting. So it's not like empty, you know, politician style all the way, tap, 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 tap. But, you know, they, people understand that there's only so much, that you're going to give in those interactions. But maybe because that's the thing that was sort of the tipping point from, for me from like having a hot song to being, you know, a hot artist to like, you know, oh yeah, Shah's made it. Shah's made it here mm-hmm. um, was, was that thing. Maybe because that was the, the tipping point, um, I have that uh, characteristic of like being available and serving the fans and it's understandable it makes sense why people will rock with you when you're you know you 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 put yourself at the same level as as everyone but then that also brought more broadly explains at least in rap why you don't see one hit wonders because like take that phenomenon and then the phenomenon of like numbers are all available so meaning a record label that previously would have invested in you just based on their belief in you Right? Mm-hmm. So, like, all right, he's gonna be hot. So let's sign him and we'll get the machine working for him. It's not how it works anymore. They can see your numbers, they can see your they can predict your trajectory and then invest in you. Um, but they're only gonna invest once the number is warranted, which means the artist needs to get shit popping on their own. By the time the label then invests in them to amplify whatever they're doing, they already have a catalog. Of music that people have been rocking with to the point that you know a, that a data-driven process can be like yeah this guy's worth investing in like this guy's future releases are going to be profitable so um yeah for many reasons those relationships are key and for me that quality of servitude I think this is something that's come along the way
0: it's, it's a great quality, and you know, if whether you're an entrepreneur or um, or an artist uh, or a business owner. I remember telling this one business owner, he's like, man, I just don't feel like people respect me like they should. You know, we got to change this. Is it, you know, we gotta? I said, oh, you want to change it? I go, he goes, yeah, positive. Yep. I go, well, Mondays, you give everyone breakfast tacos. He goes, you're saying you saying cancel breakfast tacos? Fuck them. They have that. like, no, 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 no. You come in at 10 a.m. after everyone's already eaten their breakfast tacos and been working for two hours. Come in and serve breakfast tacos, serve the food. Jay, I pay them and I pay for the tacos. Okay, now serve them. Be at the door, greet them, offer to make them a cup of coffee. I will get a mobile espresso unit in here. I will have someone here to train you on how to do it. We only have 50 employees. And from 6 a.m. until 730, you make copies for the people that show up early. No matter how many they want, no matter what they want, we rent the equipment, you do it. He's like, no. I said, then you're not going to get their respect because you show up late, you leave early and yes, you write the check, but your attitude is I want you to watch this as much as I do. The problem is it's your dream. You want me to want your dream. A, problem one. B, you don't look invested in your dream as much as you want me to be invested in it. And when this company sells, who's making the money? Yeah,
1: right, right, you are, right.
0: Right now, I'm not saying that you can't find motivated great people to help you get your dream to where it should be and might challenge you along the way in a capacity where you can grow and learn as a person and then that's part of your executive team that you take to your next startup, to your next album, to your next whatever. You have to be around those people, but you also have to ensure that if they're helping you get to your dream of what you want to do, that you show them the love and the respect and the honor that they deserve in, in getting to that place. Yeah. And a lot of times it's not a big fat paycheck. It's respect and understanding. It's, it's also looking at them saying, well, what's your dream? What do you, what do you want to do out of life? Like what are your goals in this? Uh, that that make this awesome and make this special and and make this what it needs to be. You know, why why are you here? I mean, are you here because you like to help people? I do. Okay, well, then why? And what does that mean for you down the road? Uh, And and I don't think enough people do that, right? They they have the idea that they want certain things. They have the idea that, you know, that they're providing, so therefore they should be praised. Right. Versus... No, you're, it's, it's equal opportunities, give and take. And as a leader, a lot of times, you've got to give more than you take. You just do, because that's leadership. It's, it's giving people the direction. It's giving people the opportunity. It's giving people the platform. It's giving people sometimes the advice that they may or may not want to hear. But all those things start with they had to give something as leaders
3: yeah I agree 100 percent, especially starting on starting your own thing and, and yeah i i I agree wholeheartedly and then i i I can relate to the concept of like well when you're paying someone the going rate for this thing, then that output or that quality whatever should be built in i i I understand that, but when you want people to believe in you that there needs it needs to be you know there needs to be something there for them to believe in. So ideally that's just who you are and it's natural. And and then you need to be very grateful for the people who believe in you. Every morning I wake up and I I I um say find something that I'm grateful for. And usually the way my brain works is something tangible. But today it was like I'm I'm just grateful for everyone that believes in me so that's what's making it happen for me and then that's the thing that you need to to feed but then if, if the issue is getting people to believe in you then yeah then there needs to be more of a of more value you know being provided and there needs to be something that people can connect with for sure
0: yeah i mean there's this guy i work with in southern california you know um because of the pandemic and covid19 and Businesses, especially in California, really being shut down. That um, they were, they, globally they are, but you know, California has, has um, gone pretty aggressively in some areas. And it's, you know, it's side point, but it's weird that the two areas that are, have the most aggressive restrictions are also hit the hardest: California and, and New York. But um, you know, we had he's like, hey man, I have to lay off a bunch of people. Um, I really have to cut your pay because there's just literally our business is shut down. But I want to keep you around. We'll find things for you to do. And the end of the month comes, you know, coming to the end of the month here. And he's like, hey, you didn't send me an invoice. And I'm like, no, I got to send you one. But I'm, it's going to be a lot less than our agreed upon amount. And he's all, you got to feed your family. And I go, I understand. But I also, I work, for, I don't take handouts. I work for my money. And I did work for you. I did some great work for you. But honestly, it came to this amount, not the bigger amount that you said you were going to pay me. Times are tight. I respect you. I honor the work that I do and I honor the opportunity to work with you and the other executives because I think we have a great opportunity still in front of us, but that's going to take patience and time and greed or the idea of let me just get paid today. That circumvents patience and time and it's going to kill the company and I I will not be the person who is here to get paid. Now, I agree you're going to send me a check, but it's just not going to be as much because I don't think it needs to be as much today. And he just writes back, "Thank you." Yeah, yeah. But but you know, and I and I didn't do it for a thank you. I did it because I was, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, I was raised that way, right? But I think more people need to look at that. Like I, I had a buddy; he was all upset about Texas opening up, and he's like, "You know, how many lives is this going to cost, and what is this going to do with Texas opening up?" And I, you know, I give great pause because. Um, I try to look at things from multiple angles to not have an opinion, but just be informed. Right? Yeah. So I understand the hesitancy of not wanting to put people who are autoimmune compromised or elderly yep. hurt. However, we need to look at other things. Domestic violence calls are up 70%. Suicides are up over a thousand percent. Drug addiction and people not being able to go their to their meetings, right? Relapses are up. So instead of all or nothing, it's got to be X or Y, right? It's got to be A or B, black or white. Is there, by instead of trying to put forth an uh, uh, an opinion instead of educate, is there an idea of instead saying, you know, to, to the Bourne movie, to your point at the very beginning, you know, how do you creep in? How do you get in without kicking the door down, without blowing the place up? And can we look at this and instead of picking a fight and saying, "Well, the guy with the bad tan and the orange hair is wrong," and you know, the gal in California is right, or vice versa, whatever it may be, political lines be damned, right. can we look and instead go, "Okay, we made an appropriate decision here, but wow, the the ripple effect was way over here." So I still want to make a decision to protect people, right? But now I realize that in protecting one group or a couple of groups, I really hurt a lot of other groups. So how do we how do we figure it out? How do we navigate? And I think what in this, will will bring this full circle here to the long, hard and the messy versus before and after picture. Everyone wants an answer that's just gonna work, right? We all want that answer that goes, if we shut everything down, we fixed it. And then yeah but these people got hurt well you know what there's and it's not hey let's look at metrics let's look at like look at music or let's look at the the download of my podcast as an example i know every city that listens i know every country that listens every state if i wanted to go on tour and do this at a pop-up at a bar i know the top 10 cities i could go into call a bar owner and be like hey we're gonna do this to a live audience we do a thousand downloads here a month boom 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 I'm gonna email these people, I'm gonna target market Instagram right here, bang, 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 we're gonna go, and it's Mm -hmm. gonna work. I don't understand why you can't look at, and I know some of this is privacy, look at elderly, autoimmune, um, high aspects of domestic violence, high aspects of Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, sex, whatever it may be, look at these areas and go, okay, we're shutting down for the protection of these people. But in the efforts of shutting down for the protection of these people, um, are also we have opened up, um, a new group for women in abuse. We'll get you a free hotel room right now. No questions asked, send a text message. Car is going to pick you up in 10 minutes because the freeways are open and we're going to get you out of there right away. And this is not closed down. Narcotics Anonymous, hey, we get it. We can't have 15 of you meeting, but we're gonna triple up our meetings and we're gonna put them in all these empty hotels and we're gonna boom, 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 we're gonna get it. Like there are answers to problems and they're not the prettiest answers and they're not the easiest answers. Yeah. The black and white yes or no is showing us, at least for me and everything that I've read and done, is that all it's done is created dividing lines of, well, you care about profit, well, you only care about old people, you only care about autoimmune, well, you only care about narcotics, well, you only care about illegal aliens. It's like, no, we can care about everybody. We can, but the answer is not gonna be easy. And I think that should be some of the fun in it, is that it doesn't have an easy answer, right? I mean, yeah, I, if, if rap was easy for you, would it be fun? If you could just sit down and just be like, boop and get a, and and you hammer out demons in 20 seconds, and just hit the button and sh- send it off, we're out. I'm done. You're a bored man.
3: I do wish it was easier, but <laughs> but but what you're saying though, I hadn't I hadn't thought of it, and now my mind is just like uh, not in. Like, we are coming down, what you're talking about, like, it gets broken down to, like, local politics, In my mind just, you know, is not there. But what you're saying is, like, hey, that's the type of thing that can lead to solutions. I think that, but it's a mix of two things, where it's a mix of great thinking of, like, all right, like, you know, it's the type of thing, like, electric car, or, like, a flying car, or whatever, right? Teleporting, it's, like, breakthrough ideas and just, how are we going to get there? Henry Ford, like, so it, it, it's that it's because it's sort of like um, revolutionary thing or just thinking beyond the confines of how people are thinking now, which is one thing that doesn't happen anymore. I, like, I don't think that great thinking, especially great thinking for others, doesn't happen. And the further we get in society, the more barriers there are to just being able to like, make change. But one, it's, there's just a lack of great thinking. I think, that's devoted to others. But then also in this situation, and maybe may in all scenarios of solving a, a healthcare problem, but definitely in this one, the actual solution you know is gonna come down to a lot of small solutions that aren't pretty. It's not, aha, it's, 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 it's not, oh wait, here's the cure for um, for a virus, right? Like we do know the next time a virus happens that Yo, if everyone on earth just shuts it down and you're and you lock yourself in for, you know, the period that someone is sick for, then this shit'll go away, right? Now it's that, that that's theoretical cuz like can that actually be obeyed, but theoretically everyone went into lockdown, that's the solution. But talking about this specific situation because these the revolutionary thinking will ultimately get broken down into totally different solutions for totally different people. Yeah, if you're auto if you're autoimmune, if you're elderly, then you're not going to get the same thing as this. And there are people who are really worse because of this. There are people who are getting beaten at home. There are people that have tried to kill them themselves. So now we need to do this or that because, like you said, it's it's not a clean solution. I think it further you know well it, it just doesn't attract anyone else who's not engaged already so i don't even know how you had that thought Like, well <laughs> yeah it's it, it's not a matter of when do we hit the green light and you go back at full force like we know that's not going to be the right way to do it right but what will be the right way to do it right like sweden is doing better than we are right yeah, hasn't it. Has, has it, you know they put it on their people to be like all right voluntarily you but we're not going to force anything and then you know so so yeah that, i mean that one it's it's again it's tough to see what's going to change because who wants to maybe if, if if good people who's who are whose passion is serving others are encouraged to achieve greatness more and the path for them achieving greatness is cleared more, then we'll have more of those, like we'll have more thinking, like we just thought and the path to actually achieving that. Those ideas will be, you know, easier. But right now it's just like, I don't think that's really there. I think that if you want to do great things for others, it's a murky, murky path. So without without much satisfaction along the way, so who would want to do that? You
0: know. Yeah, I think I think the without without any satisfaction is is, is a great point. It's very true. Um, I think it's uh, you know, um, from the electric car, from the car to everywhere we've been, right? Big uh, big changes, aggressive changes, uh, wanting something different, right? That that takes an extremely strong will of the person. To, uh, to, to make that happen, A, and then B, a, um, a delivering on that commitment. You know, they, I've always said the hardest thing about going electric, the hardest thing about breaking away from gasoline, hands down the hardest thing, is the fact that when it breaks, no one can fix it. Look at the weight that you have on, on Tesla. If, you're, if your Tesla breaks down, how long it takes to get another one to get it fixed, or if one, or. if it, I, I, I don't know, how, how, does it, how does it get fixed? Months, months okay. in Texas. You're, you're at a 90 day wait. Okay. So I'm at a 90 day wait for, I mean, no, because I can go buy a Toyota with better gas mileage right. Right? and think I'm doing okay. Right. So I, yeah, I haven't, yeah, and right. also, I, I guess, still, I'm still part of the, the machine, but oh, but this is so much easier. It's like if you want solar to work, if you want um, electric cars to work, the, where it starts is you almost have to follow that Apple model. Apple knew they weren't going to break into the corporations. So what did they do? They gave their computers to schools. So I'm going to create a generation growing up on this. Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine if at school, just like you have in America, you know, the kids go out, they put the flag up, they fold it at the end of the day. There's the kids, they know how to fold the flag. Imagine if instead of with home ec or with uh, physical education or shop class, you had a solar class and you learned how to clean solar the right way and and optimize it. And you learned about batteries and how to, you know, how to, what's the best way for this goofy phone right here? What's the best way? Do I plug it in at night and just let it charge all night? Do I bring it down to 1% and then plug it in? What, what do I do? Like those dumb things, those little tiny courses of action, whatever they may be, think about those on a larger scale when it comes to education. And then, oh, I want to learn more about solar. Well, okay, show me show me the MIT of solar colleges. Show me the MIT of battery colleges. Oh, they don't exist. So until those start coming up. Until those come-ups get there, then there's no education for it. So then you can just have people make dumb, dumb excuses, because they because they are just they're an excuse. Because I'm not educated, and guess right. what? No one took the time to educate me. And because I live in a world where no one took the time to educate me, then how fucking important is it?
3: Yeah, I agree. I I I I totally agree, and I think that there's a lot of things that can change society for like like unarguably the better that just education is the place to do it you know
0: it's it's just the win i mean it's and 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 because it creates that challenge right the cool thing about education especially college the common marketplace of ideas the thing that we're doing here is you gotta have a conversation and as long as you come in with the attitude of i'm not right or i'm not wrong but hey here's my idea here's my premise yeah, And then honesty comes from the other side and says, oh, you know what? I haven't thought of that. Or I did think about that. And here's my rebuttal. Mm-hmm. The reality is, is that now you've had a conversation. I mean, it was funny. You you sent me, I think you sent me a text like a, a couple weeks ago. You're like, how do you know so many brown people? Like, why do you know more brown people than me? <laughs> but it's because I will, not because I will talk to anybody, but I will talk to a lot of people. But it's because um, on paper, 45 year old white guy from Montana, kind of a hothead entrepreneur who has crazy eclectic thoughts. Rapper, Canada, living in Atlanta, right? You put us on paper side by side, you're like these guys are not hanging out, they're not talking. Exactly. Exactly, but we are also, what they don't put on paper is humble, open, willing to be wrong, um, open to share ideas, be vulnerable and be okay with being wrong at a vulnerable moment. Right. And all the things in the middle that aren't on paper. Yep. And I think more of us sit in that middle that aren't on paper, but unfortunately, we read the world from paper, and there's right. the great disconnect.
3: Right, 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 right. Yeah.
0: And we need to start treating life like we treated college or like you treat meeting people. You go out, you're open, you're honest, you're vulnerable. And it's okay to be wrong, or it's okay to be challenged. It's okay to completely disagree on everything and still be friends.
3: Yeah, yeah. And I think that um, at the end of the the first time that we met, at the interview, at the end of the interview, you're like, all right, maybe this is how you end all the conversations. But you ended like, all right, what what is you know a statement you want to um, walk away with there? You want to leave with people. And then what you said was, you know, time is ticking. But then also, so it always put forth love, right? And that resonated with me because not something that like men say a lot, right? But it's true. And and sort of my equivalent, which is like, it it takes a little bit of emotion out of that, but it's it's always pursue positivity, right? It's always like, and and, and to the point of it's unconventional thinking because there's there's no devil's advocate then. It's like all right, what's the What's the way that we're going to get this done? Now I, I don't want to hear about the thing to, to, the reason that's not going to work, right? I'm what what is going to work? Give me the good news, right? And and the way that lining what you just said with like you know the commonalities that aren't put out there. With that concept, it's that, well, what are the positive things that we do share? Maybe we haven't looked at things like that. Like, what are, and there might, there might be traits and things that all humans share that if these things are just identified, that we don't have something in common with everyone. And along with that is that, well, don't lead with the thing that you hate, right? If you hate gays and you don't want gays to get married, all right, well, sure, put that to the side, but what is the thing that you love, right? And and maybe that's a way to find um, a bond between people that it's tough to see. It's, it's tough to see like the bond between progressive people and like Donald Trump supporters, right? I it, it's tough. It's tough to see that. But if you drop and that's both ways, right? It's like all right, Trump supporters obviously, you know, the the, the hate is 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 present, but with progressives it's the same thing, it's like, well, you would never fuck with a Donald Trump supporter, right? Even if the reason is, well, they hate everyone, they're racist or whatever it is, right? Which, which you know, like all, all that is, it's very easy to see, but you need to let, like, like, people need to let like, go of that negativity as well. And then it's like, well, what is the thing that I do love? And then I do think that, the same way that when you're driven by positivity, say in the business world, and, and and you know you're smart and hardworking, but you but you're driven by getting the thing done. Then you'll get there. And if you're surrounded by people, or if your own mentality is like, yeah, but this, or here's all the problems with this, and then yeah, and you spend all you can spend all day hearing about the excuse to buy some shit's not going to happen, and then the shit's not going to happen. So that's for that's a fact. Now like I can, I know that in business and in just success, that's the right thinking. But maybe in like with humanity as well, maybe there's. Something that be said about just leading with what is the good thing, what's the thing that you love, you know
0: yeah, I know it's true, I mean, because you know it's uh, I got some heat from a friend of mine he didn't and he's a he's a very big Bernie Sanders fan, and i was I was like, hey, man, I'll tell you what I said, I think there's a lot more that Bernie and Trump have in common than they have common. and man he got so mad, and I said, dude. Name two other political people that can rally up supporters like Bernie and Trump can, that can rally, and rally them up and, be, and have their talking points. And you might agree or disagree with their talking points. It's inconsequential. Look at how they motivate people. Look at how they bring out the passion and the drive and the wanting to participate in people that good, bad, or indifferent, a George Bush didn't do, a Joe Biden hasn't done. Um, you know, it's, they have a thing. And you, it doesn't, I don't care if people like or dislike them. I really don't. It is inconsequential to me, as much as it holds the value in the fact of if you want to know why people like them, understand who they are and how they motivate, right? And, you know, I, I listened to Bernie when he was on Rogan for two and a half hours, you know, where he, he wasn't held to a sound bite, but he was actually able to talk about things. And one of the great things is, is that, you know, I was blown away. I was like, you know what, this guy when he's not, when he's not knocked into a 10 second soundbite trying to shut up someone else who's trying to shut him up on a panel of 15 people and they've got an hour and you've got a biased person in the center who's just trying to get their digs in on someone and they're showing their bias. Oh my gosh. Okay, now this is a value. Did I agree with everything he said? No, but guess what? He doesn't have my experiences and I don't have his. So it is dumb for me to think that I would agree with everything that he sees in the world or that he would agree with everything I see in the world. But it was informative and he had merit for why he was saying the things he was saying. Yep. Now, do I agree that someone who has painted themselves in the light that Trump has painted himself, that he has merit in everything he says? No, I think he does a lot of things to poke the bees' nest. I think he a lot of does, it, does a lot of things to distract so that right. you stay focused. Um, but guess what he's he's still rallying and motivating people in in a way that i would say 99 of other leaders out there in the world would be jealous of and once again that's not a claim to fame to him or or a knock to anyone else as it is you know it's we we're looking at a dollar bill you know you're seeing a dead white guy i'm seeing a building the thread of difference between us, though, in that dollar bill, is the thickness of it, right? There's a lot more we have in common, and um, you know, I, I think uh, people can take sh- should take a lot of note in that. I mean, dude, the, the Bourne movies, the whole series. Like, if you look at this overarching theme of this guy just wants to be left alone. He wants to be free, right? He just wants to be him. Yeah. I Don't want to fuck with this shit anymore. I just want to be me. You know, he's, he's the one guy in the neighborhood who doesn't want to talk religion or politics. <laughs> right? He just, he wants the surf shop. He wants to be left alone. Yeah, come on, guys. But there's, he doesn't change in the fact that he's defending his right to to be around everyone who wants to do whatever they want to do at the same time, just also let me be me. And, um, and I wonder in, in our world and where we live and what we're doing, I do wonder, it's like, how much of us want to understand one another, right? And still let you be you and let me be me. And how many people want to convince you to be like them?
3: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then that's, yeah. And I I don't have a solution for that. I think that being driven to find the things that we have in common, it's, if nothing else, is a political strategy, because like what you're saying about Trump being able to rally these people, like, not many people are going to agree that the fact that he's able to rally all those people means that he's uh, like going about things the right way. Right. But if nothing else, as a takeaway for, well, there are all these people that are, you know, however you want to define angry, full of hate and Trump's activating that hate. Right. Personally, I think that with them, it's, you, know, you had eight years of Barack, and now you have these people who are like, you know, born in America that are now seeing all sorts of people pass them. So in rap, in rap we call it hating, right? When there's like jealousy, it's because of someone whose success is greater than yours, right? So now you have Barack Obama, you have Michelle Obama, you have this black family whose success is in their face, and it's just like it it activated their hate. But the thing about hating or the thing about jealousy or envy is that it's powerful and like misery loves company. So when someone is speaking in a way that is letting you direct that negativity of her situation, this is why I said earlier in earlier in the, the talk, I said like people are hurting in a certain way, right? That, that manifests in support for someone like Trump or whatever it is. So if there, a leader comes along that's like, hey, here's the reason to be angry. Everyone, we should be angry at Mexicans and Muslims. And then it works to the point that they're coming out in rallies and they're spending money on, you know, merch and, and this sort of shit. Then that does need to be looked at. But it can't just be like you just write them all off as, well, that's not going to be who I'm going to rock with, which is the mentality that, like, that I, I know that's the mentality on, um, you know, in the, in the part of the world that like I exist in and where like I'm asked to influence others. I know it's like, well, that's a totally other part of the world. It's like, well, maybe for those people because they have problems to begin with, that it, the, the, the switch can be just as easy as what we were just talking about. Like, all right, what are the things that you love? Instead of, because like, you know, Trump's found a way to activate them on what they, what they hate, right? So maybe that, and maybe, maybe, well, I think Bernie specifically does try to speak to all hurting people, all people that are not doing well. And it's like, well, here's the reason that, you know, you're not doing well. But I, but that message, kind of like how I was saying in rap, you can't hit them right at the top with intellect, because people's brains aren't geared for that anymore. That is kind of what Bernie does. Bernie doesn't pack punches. Bernie doesn't say things poetically, right? So if you're not coming from a place of listening or, or even understand what he's saying, it's not going to work. Right. So what, but, 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 but if you can get deeper and be like, all right, well, what's the way to connect on them? Like on a real way, not even a way we're, we're going to trick them into rocking with us, but what's the thing that we, what, what, what's the, the thing that we want that we all actually want and then get us there. I don't know. I don't know. It seems like a more realistic solution than what's being done right now. You know?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I I love your point about, you know, he's tapped into a dark energy versus, you know, uh, Bernie's tapping into an energy of just being like, "Hey, I know it's not fair." Um I think the difference is, you know, from from a person who, who doesn't who's middle of the road yep, yep. didn't go after either was Yeah, you're right. There's that darkness and I wish, you know, psychologically instead of the news going after him saying, "Oh, he tweeted this." They would have psychologists on going. What does it mean when someone taps into the negative energy versus the positive? Yeah. How is that? How is that changing our culture? Yeah. Not how is it changing him, or how's it changing our culture? This culture that we love. This whole idea. This you being able to shoot down into Atlanta, be up an up-and-coming rap star. now you're getting recognized. You're being able to go. I'm able to do things. All of these great things that are are very American of just come here, work hard put thought and process into it. Uh, Some of it's going to be luck, but luck is determined all the hard work you did before. What is the psychological metric that changes? And in that change, where he could say, look how good our economy is doing. If you're tapping into negativity, then how ultimately is it affecting the economics? How is it affecting life? How is it affecting health? How is it affecting economics? Look at those things, but no one, full circle again, no one wants to go the messy, no one wants to take that long road of what eight years or four years of negativity does to a culture, of, especially in a news where, the, where both sides are being grossly negative. There's right. a positive center. There's not exactly. one center of the road person that's saying, hey, I don't buy the bullshit over here or the bullshit over here. What I do know is that both these negative storms, both these bad things are creating an overwhelming pressure And it's not a positive pressure. It's not a I can do it pressure. It's a you screwed me pressure. And whether it's over a dollar or over a billion, I mean, somebody put out there the other day, they're like, I can't, you know, fuck you, Jeff Bezos. You only gave a billion dollars to this. You're worth, you know, whatever he's worth, you know, a couple hundred billion. And I've always thought this. I expect, you know, with great things comes great responsibility, whether it's wealth or talent or anything else. I've also of the ilk that I don't spend other people's money. Mm -hmm. It's my job to spend your money. You do you, you do what you do. I don't know what you do silently on the back end. I've known and worked with a couple of billionaires. I saw what they did publicly. I knew what they did privately. The little things they did, the big things they did where everyone's like, yeah, but he flies a private jet. If he flew, flew commercial, well, if he flew commercial, I know 40 people that'd be out of a job right now. If he just decided to fly a commercial tomorrow, I got forty people out of a job so that's that's just and that's one aspect of of a of the social part of his life right the private was the social part that wasn't even that wasn't the work jet that was his jet right so once again, I'm not into spending people's money, I am into the positive aspect of is what you're driving or going for, building people up you know um i don't I don't blame Bezos except for the fact that he's the leader, but you can honestly say reading stuff, the Amazon culture is not one that says, we're doing awesome things and we're delivering all these goods and we're heroes. It is, you have a 30 second piss break every two hours,
1: get back, organize
0: and get it out. You know, one can argue, I think effectively that that culture is not going to sustain, right? That mode, that mentality. And if, and if America becomes positive, if the ideals of what we focus on, um, are, are of lifting people up and looking, waking up every morning like you do and looking at the positive things and trying to solve the problem in a positive manner and not trying to promote ourselves by looking at the negativity of others or by, by spurning on and being fueled by negativity and by hate, right? But spurned on by positivity and the beat of music and whatever it may be. I firmly believe that then leadership changes, not just as political leaders, but in, in business, in music, in art. And you will see an uptick of, of positivity across the board where a manager will go, I'm not giving Sally a thirty 30-second 30 piss break. She needs to go use the restroom. She use the fucking restroom anytime she wants to. All right? We are a company. We will meet our bottom line. But in meeting our bottom line, we will meet it by having exceptional employees that are having an exceptionally good time that are enjoying life. But to get there, life and what is around us and what's elected around us can't be fueled by the negative because then that's what we're looking for.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I think that even approaching it the way that like you approach things, like regardless of your politics, right, like you can, you can break something down in a way that the criticism is not personal or doesn't feel like an attack I think that being able to have that a conversation in that way at least in America is a refreshing way to have a conversation because I mean you attract more ratings when you know you're you're coming at someone hard right and then you know that you can bank on attracting the audience that already has that same mindset but I think that the concept, one, the way that you broke, broke that down, right? Like the way that you broke down what Jeff Bezos is doing. And you're saying, I'm not even mad at him for not going the money, but here's the work culture, right? Here's how mm-hmm. shit works, which is like, it's inhumane. You didn't even say it's inhumane, but you know, if all, it is. If all you're getting is 30 <laughs> second work history, right? You're not even mad at him about, you didn't even, you didn't even mention not paying his taxes. I mean, you didn't hit him for, for not donating money, whatever. But he's like, all right, well, I just don't think that this thing is sustainable, right? And that allows more people to hear the actual words that you're saying, as opposed to, I don't know if there's people that defend Bezos, like people defend Trump and, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, there are?
0: Oh, yeah, 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 oh,
3: 100%. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so, yeah,
0: so, I mean, you get, you get both sides. If you get, um, you know, uh, people who, uh, d- defend him because well, he shouldn't have to pay those taxes because look at all the people he employs. Sure, and, they're, okay. and they're paying all these taxes. God, God. <laughs> it's like so. <laughs> once again, the guy who has the most money doesn't have to. I mean, you know, it's it's a silly thing,
3: right? But so, so 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 those people exist. Then those people are going to be much more likely to hear you breaking down the way that you just did, and that well, I don't think it's sustainable if you think about it. Versus. Everyone else who, in my opinion, is justifiably angry, he's like, "Yo, this is bullshit. Pay your fucking taxes. To keep the workers right." Or, or like, I'll, I'm very extreme. I'll be like, "So let's go to his house, and if he, and if things continue, let's get him." Right? That's <laughs> definitely all the way on the history. No one's gonna, you know, very few people are gonna rock with with this because I think,
0: dude, I'll tell you, my boys at the the dollop. You listen to that podcast, American History podcast called the Dollop. The Heilke case. Funny as. Fuck and let me tell you, Gareth Reynolds and uh and Dave Anthony are both like All right, so we're 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 getting a caravan, we're driving to see Bezos, we're pulling him out by the one hair he's got left on his head. <laughs>
2: I'm with
3: him. Tell him I'll ride with him. I'll ride with him. <laughs> but yeah. But I, and I think that what you said about like having someone, you know, like if CNN was to break down was to have someone come on and be like, All right, well here's the psychology behind how trump was able to activate these people right and here's and, and it may, it'll probably just be a theory but here but, but without the, the the inherent bias and more of a problem solving approach now it's not the news's responsibility i guess to solve the problems like cnn and all these guys they they present trump as a problem but they're not really providing solutions and if you bring on a psychiatrist or psychologist that you know here's the here's the psychology of inferiority when you feel down here's a way that it can manifest here's a way that it manifests in negativity and then here's the solution now again that comes back to the dirty work i don't know if someone's done that much thinking like i know with certain like with in psychiatry and person with personality disorders there is no cure there's not there's not a medication there's not counseling there's no there's no cure like so uh what people used to call psychopath, right? So, or, or, or sociopath, so like, antisocial personality disorder. There's no cure for that, or bipolar personality disorder, right? There's medic- medication for schizophrenia and for depression and for bipolar, right? But for up personality, which is, I think it's by the time you get 18, maybe a little bit later, it's, there's, there's no solution. But there's got to be, but, there, but in reality, there's got to be something that will, will help a human being, right? So, and that, that's the dirty work. That's like the hard fucking painful work of figuring that out that I guess maybe it, it hasn't been done, maybe it's being done, but sharing those ideas of solutions. The same way that I'm all about like positivity, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm totally driven to solutions and for certain things, like say medication, there's gotta be a process because the fallout can be huge, right? But um, these conversations about like, you know these conversations that with like people like you and me where it's like hey unity will have unity is the thing that we should be striving for right it'll it'll it, it'll be much better sort of led with this approach that like your sort of vibe in the way you just broke down the bezos and then the yeah, I guess a, a more thoughtful, longer term solution-based approach. But, but yeah, that's I mean, not my problem. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking on that
0: one. <laughs> no, and, I, and I'm not saying, I, I think, um, you know, I think, you know, the idea of taking on the problem is talking about it and letting, it, letting everyone realize that there's a problem, right? Yeah. That's the biggest part. And then the second part is that we, we kill this cancel culture. We stop the cancel culture. And you stop the what before the cancel culture. It was you're a sellout. It was a sellout culture. Like oh look, you sold out. You went to this side or that side, and it's it's instead. It is I think there is a beautiful way in which you can um, you can have your convictions, and at the same time be kind, and at the same time be have understanding. You know, um, you don't have to know my convictions. You don't at all, Shaw. You never have to know my convictions. But every day you should know my kindness because we're people. Right? Now, if you ask about my convictions and why, maybe, um, you know, I always obey the crosswalk sign or whatever thing it may be, silly or extreme, I will share my convictions with why. And then we can have a kind because our relationship is based on kindness, not on convictions. We can have a kind conversations about the agreement or disagreement with how I hold or where I hold my convictions. And once again, not in a matter for you to change and come to my side or me go to your side, but it's based once again on kindness. It's, it's based on that, on that ultimate premise of, of just respect and kindness because you breathe air, I breathe air. That's where it begins and ends, and if it yeah, starts I, and stops there, we win.
3: Yeah, I hear you, and I and I and I agree that that is the way to have conversations that break through. Then I guess my, my 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 board just finished. I I just I just
0: yep, um, Mine just mine just ended too. Yep.
3: So then maybe on a, like on a final note. Then I guess then all that being said. And I agree with you, especially on, you know, reaching to people with opposing viewpoints that it's sort of the only conceivable way that the conversation can go. But then I guess to give the viewpoints that I am more familiar with is that of, of, of not of kindness, but um, of, of outrage is that for people who've been getting shitted on their whole life, that... I guess it's just they're justified in being outraged. And then at that point, and I think that maybe for so long, and maybe for them, maybe, maybe for for this side of the world, Barack Obama was a tipping point as well, because you had here you had this polite, well spoken guy, and what really and, and and what really changed in people's lives, right? Or what I mean by that is that all sorts of million, dozens of millions of people's lives didn't change. So now we went that way. We went the way of, all right, there's a mainstream, polite, nice guy who's having diplomatic conversations, well-spoken, eloquent, blah, blah, blah. And it didn't actually change. And now shit's a lot worse. I'm being shitted on and I can't, you know, my family can't get into the airport and there's kids in cages and, you know, there's... Um, I can't pay my rent because the shit's about to break down and the government put out $350 billion and and the LA Lakers swooped it up and a legit small business doesn't get any. So I am fucking outraged. And fuck you telling me to be polite, Sha. What the fuck are you talking about Be Have a polite conversation? What the fuck are you talking about? You're telling me to go be polite to a fucking Donald Trump supporter? What the fuck are you talking about? And then... I can't say anything to that. I can't, I can't, like, I mean, I can try to be like, well, I understand that you're angry, you being like, you know, the dozens of million people, but the strategy to, of, of this anger is not going to get through. I can say that, but then unfortunately, I, I don't think that that is going to help that anger subside. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I see what you're saying. I would, I'd politely say, um, I think we've gone as a society. We meet, we need to move past putting our faith in a person, and we need to start looking at our community. You want something to change in your community? Get with your community. If you don't have a leader, become a leader, uh, and and change it there. There was a group that I worked with. I'll close out on this story here, uh, and I'll ask you one more question. But uh, they um, they had a Christmas store every year poor community um, uh, uh, in Costa Mesa, California. So uh, during the week, before the, uh, months before the Christmas store, they, um, they taught people how to balance checkbooks. If the light was out in the park, how would you go do it, right? What would you go do? Well, you gotta go tell the city. Well, how do you go tell the city? So they had teach all these people, all these things, these community leaders, how to change and make their little community inside this larger community, which is Southern California, better. But, They're like, what do we do with our kids? Well, shit, I'm not bilingual. I still taught an art class. I taught an art class. I got sponsors, and I taught 15 underprivileged kids art for two hours. Am I an art teacher? No. Do I live in that community? No. But I heard about it. My friend was helping out, and she asked me to come in and just do anything. Teach them anything, they need, their parents need two hours to learn how to balance a checkbook, learn how to petition the city for lights in the park, more police patrols, whatever it may be. Sure, well now Christmas comes around now, usually with these underprivileged, right, is I go to Target and I get a list and I buy 10 things. And I drop off at my church and then the church wraps them and they go to this house and they go, here you go, you couldn't afford presents for your kids. So here's, kids, here's presents other people bought, now you give them to your kids. And that's demoralizing, and that's hurtful. So instead, what we did is we got the same list. We went out, and we bought everything, and we put it in a store. And everything was 99.9% off. $100 skateboard, dollar. But guess what? That mom went in. She bought that skateboard for her kid. No one bought it for her. She walked in. The money that she worked her ass off for She saved a dollar a month for $12 to get 12 gifts. She dropped that money off. She handed it over and then she helped wrap the gifts and then she took them back home and then they sat under the tree, her money, her gifts, her effort, that community change. That was real. That was powerful. Cause we went into a community, we borrowed a store, they worked, they got it, they did it, but it was them. They didn't rely on the mayor to come in. They didn't rely on, you know, the, the governor of California or the president to change their perspective. They worked hard at it to make it work, to make their community better. You know, and, and I think all of us, no matter where we're at, uh, positive or negative, hard parts of life you should i've lived in a car before i've been so poor i lived in an office uh, because i couldn't find rent i was breaking into the ceo's office he had a shower and they were showering there every morning i was tipping the the house cleaning staff to leave his door unlocked I was take cold showers so it wouldn't steam up so when he came in at 6 30 it just it looked like they had just cleaned the shower <laughs> but dude you've got a community a house a neighborhood a community a village blocks of area rely on each other and the strengths that we have you know um reach out i've told people you know who are out of work and i'm like what do i do nothing in my industry works i you know I, i'm not gonna have a job how many people you connected on linkedin three thousand okay how many of you reached out to and said hey you know what i know we haven't communicated but Hat in hand, this is what I do really good, this is what I'm good at, I've attached my resume. If you hear of anything, I'd love to, if you can help. Yeah. And if, I can, if you're in the same position I'm in.
1: Yeah, hit me up, yeah.
0: Hit me up, I will leverage my network. Well, nay man, that's embarrassing. No shit, I know it's well, How bad do you want it, yeah. How bad do you want it, where do you want to be? You know, um, I know why people are mad. But I think a lot of that anger has to do with the fact we've put faith in a person that's not us. We've given control to something that we've never had control over. We've given idealism to something that we don't have direct contact with. None of those Trump people are gonna go meet Trump tomorrow. Not one Trump supporter is. Not, not one of them is in your neighborhood. They're just not. But they're gonna see you, right? And they're part of your community. And that community may be as big as Atlanta or it may be as small as in Montana. But, man, we are, we are in an unparalleled, beautiful position where we have more open communication than we've ever had before, or the opportunity for it.
3: Yeah, you know, I, yeah, I think just taking action, just, you know, if you are angry, then that needs to convert into action. I think that doing something yourself is a great way to use it.
0: And before, before Elizabeth texts me, because I messed up, I did it good on the first interview, I did it bad on this one. How can people find you? Shah, where, how? I'm going to do an intro read on this one, but where can people find you?
3: Day of Shah everywhere. I'm Shah, S-H-A-H. Instagram, SoundCloud, YouTube, anywhere. It's Day of Shah, D-A-Y-O-F-S-H-A-H. My dog, Jason, thanks for having me again. Dude. Great.
0: This is... It's always so much fun, and thanks for uh, staying in touch with everything. I mean, through Southbound, everything—it's uh, been a real blessing and an honor to continually get to know you, uh, spend time with you, and everything. Hell yeah!
3: Hell yeah! Amen. Let's keep it going.
0: I will, brother. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Have a great week. I'll uh, give brother. my best to the to the, the DoG and Elizabeth as well, and <laughs> be good, my friend. I really appreciate you.
1: All right, homie. We'll talk soon. Amen.
0: And now, before my daughter sings, here's a sample from Shaw's Text Me. Enjoy, folks, and be good.
3: Text me, text, 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 time and money money, expand, expand, you would never checking in, it's not done. I- Put them in the gold rose Why you calling just text me? Text, 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 text. Time and money might expensive text, 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 text. You and me, we're not best friends Let ring, they can take Why are you calling just text me? Time and money my not, not expensive You and me We're not best friends Littering They can take